Well, tonight we're having our table talk, as most of you know, but if you're visiting with us for the first time or you've never been here on a Wednesday night, a lot of times what we do is we just gather around tables, have somebody to lead us in a discussion. Uh, we have worksheets that uh, if somebody hasn't uh, received one, there are probably some more back on that stand or there should be enough at your table for each person to have one. Uh, table talk questions. We're going to be looking at Third John. We're not looking at Song of Solomon tonight, so that's for all of you that uh, you maybe you're, you're picking up a, a pattern here that when I do a table talk, it's often something I'm going to teach on in the future. So what, what you guys, uh, we've done that twice now, I've, I've snuck that in on you twice. Um, so tonight, uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Third John, and so perhaps I might preach on that sometime uh, coming up pretty soon whenever I have another opportunity, but... Uh, go ahead and look at Third John with me. This is the smallest book in the Bible. And we have the opportunity easily to read through the whole thing. And so uh, go ahead and turn there, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. Uh, for those of you who might be watching this uh, service tonight from uh, a distant land, or maybe you just didn't come tonight and you're at home... Um, we, you can just follow through looking at the bottom of your screen the questions that are on our worksheet will actually appear there and you can do that Bible study with us and then we'll, we're going to come together after we've had the opportunity to discuss this at our tables and uh, we're going to have different people share what you've gotten out of this book especially application that you've come up with we'll have a couple of guys with microphones who will go around and uh, allow you an opportunity to speak so thank you so much to table leaders that are here tonight that are willing to lead through this discussion. I think it'll be a really uh, choice time together in God's Word. So let's read together 3 John. To the, or the elder, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is, how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers. They have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words and not satisfied with this, he himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself, and we add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, 
and we will speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Let's pray before we launch. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the examples of of people like uh, the elder John and Gaius and Demetrius, Lord. And we thank you for the the commendations and and what it teaches us about uh, people who walk in the truth and and how we can love uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and and what a, a joy it is to serve the name as it is referred to here, the, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the truth that we can walk in. And Lord, I pray that as we study your word here tonight, that each one of us would experience the joy of discovery, that we would see something perhaps that we've never seen or that we would be challenged or convicted by some small truth here or great truth in such a small letter. And we pray, Lord, that we would be stimulated to support those that uh, will be pointed out here in this letter to us. And we pray that you give people good insight. Your spirit would work in us as we look at the word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So please feel free to go ahead with your discussions and uh, we'll come back together in just about, probably about 40 minutes. So hope everybody's enjoyed uh, the study of 3rd John tonight. Uh, we're going to have just a little bit of sharing. Um, Ryan on this side has a microphone and John on this side has a microphone and so just raise your hand if you'd like to share something in one of these questions uh, first of all let's, let's just go to the practical application you know, what is, how should we be supporting mission? do you see any principles for supporting missionaries from this uh, little letter and what are some, somebody want to share a little bit about that or He says you're going to do Haley. <laughs> okay, Bill. Push the. Hello. Oh, there you go. Okay, good electronics, uh, <laughs> financial support and hospitality. There was both the personal and then the practical financial. Okay, yeah, you really see a heart for travel. These itinerant preachers or missionaries, we might call them, uh, they really had a love for them, didn't they? So, what else? Cheers. In uh, in verse six. Uh, it says that they testified to your love before the church. It says that you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. And so we, we kind of talked about, you know, if a king were to send out messengers that were poorly equipped, didn't have enough food to get there, and were on, you know, sickly looking animals, that would reflect poorly on the one who sent them. And so not only to care for them, but to care for them well. Mm-hmm. And that, that, is a, that is a blessing of God that we are able yeah. to do that because from him come all things. Yeah. And to... to to bless our, minist- our missionaries with, in a, in a manner worthy of the Lord and His splendor, and he, that He all things came from Him, so we should not be That's stingy. Good. Yeah, you know, a lot of times missionaries have a real hard time raising support to go, you know, and they, you know, sometimes you have 
40 different churches of $100 a piece, uh, which, I mean, I'm, maybe a church can only afford that, and that's good. But at the same time, I mean, just imagine having to visit 40 churches when you come on your uh, deputation or your furlough or break, whatever you call it. But it, it just behooves us to really think about, you know, are we supporting the missionary well? You know, are we giving a substantial amount to, to show them how much we love them and care for them? And, uh, you know, that's one thing that we really want to be committed to doing more so. So anything else? In our group, we talked about um, <clears throat> how we referred to them not accepting anything from the Gentiles and the importance of that, sending them out well so that they, they, aren't, they aren't beholden to the, the group that they are going to share the gospel with. And that, yeah. that's really an important aspect of, of de- defending the truth so that they aren't tempted in order to you know, gain favor with their, with their audience in order right. to support themselves so they can stay strong in the truth. And they weren't, they weren't out for filthy lucre. You know, they weren't out for gain, in the, uh, as uh, Paul talks about it one time. And, and Paul, you know, he, he was that example too, wasn't he? In his letters, he talks about how we receive nothing from you. We didn't ask anything from you. At the same time, sometimes people showed them hospitality. You know, so. Others? What about just personally from the letter? Are there any lessons or applications just in general, not necessarily to missionaries? Got one? It's Hayward. Sean first. Um, <clears throat> your, your testimony counts, having good character. Uh, it, it is reflected, it will get out. And so it's a, a big part of, you can't, se- can't separate truth and testimony. You're walking in truth, you're going to have a good testimony. Amen. Yeah, Diotrephes is an example of uh, not having a good testimony, right? <laughs> and then uh, Demetrius and Gaius and the believers there, you know, they, they had, there was a testimony. I guess. Uh, hey. um, one of the things that we were talking about is just the interaction between John and Gaius. Gaius um, just the like-mindedness. Um, and you can tell that it wasn't just one letter that they wrote. It was a constant conversation that they were having because you could see that John really knew what was going on with those people. Um, He was really personal in naming people in his letter, which means there was a ongoing conversation. And I think sometimes we can miss the ball on that. Um, Like we were talking about, sometimes we just have like a missions month or we'll have certain times where we reach out to missionaries, but missionary work is all year long, you know, every day. And they need that encouragement. And I think John is showing an example of that in this letter um, that there's a personality there, or a personal relationship that you can really see between those two men there. So. Yeah, you know, thinking about, that's a great point about them needing encouragement all the time, and that's something we want to try to start being more uh, mindful of in our church, is to, as we have community groups, you know, have community groups adopt missionaries, you know, and, and, and the fellowship groups, you know, have different groups be connected to some of the missionaries, different segments of our church, and so that uh, we can write them, we can, you know, there's all kinds of electronic means and things like that now, so uh, lots of different ways to do that. Is there another, oh, Lindsay? I think um, one thing I take away, as you said, more practical application, um, is that being faithful to walk in the truth and being a partner in ministry 
is one of the best ways to encourage your pastor and the leadership of your church um, that people might not really and even think your father. about. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we have this water. Uh, one thing is praying for our missionaries. We definitely need to do that. In Colossians, Paul says that uh, he said that we should pray, continue steadfastly in prayer. I'm editing a little here. Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, when I think about the relationship between Gaius and John, just think about what intentionality there is there. You know, he's, he's thinking of a person that he loves, and he, he writes him. You know, just the very fact that they uh, write a letter to somebody that they care about, and, and he tells them, I'm praying for you. And he says, and I rejoice over you. You know, you, I just have great joy when I think about you walking in the truth. You know. Is there another one? Yes, sir. John. Yeah, absolutely. And and these these uh, missionaries were in in that region too, right? They were, and every one of us needs to be one. That's right. Okay, you jump, Tom. I've heard uh, this book described as two mountain peaks with a great valley between, <laughs> and uh, I I think that aptly describes it. But it it really a lot of it boils down to verse eleven. You know, where he, he just says in verse 11, um, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. And that kind of seems to, to be the focal point of where he's trying to take this, this whole book, or this whole letter. Mm -hmm. He gives examples of evil and good, doesn't right. he? Right, yeah. yeah. And that... At our table, they pointed out there's it's no uh, coincidence that he follows right on the hills of uh, diatrophies and says, uh, imitate what's good and not what's evil. <laughs> okay, anything else? Okay, well, thanks. I hope you enjoyed uh, the study tonight and got to know some people better around your tables. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. We pray that you would give us uh, a desire to love each other, like we've seen in this letter, that uh, we would be uh, John the Elder, that we would be Gaius or be a Demetrius, that we would be people who are loving and pray for others and are joyful and are walking in the truth and people who love what is good and do not imitate what is evil. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would keep us from becoming somebody like Diotrephes who, who loves to be first. Help us to be humble and put others as more important than ourselves. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be mindful of those missionaries that we support and that we would support them well.
And we ask, Lord, that you would make us each uh, missionaries, that we'd be evangelists to those that are around us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.